I was having a telephone conversation a couple of, a few days back, about two weeks ago, uh, with a, a, a new friend of mine in ministry, and uh, he and I were discussing uh, the, the priorities of personal discipleship. We were just having this wonderful discussion, and I, and I heard something from the Lord in that moment, and I jotted those things down, and I felt that the time would be appropriate for us to talk about this. As we are in uh, social distancing and all of these uh, restrictive environments that we've been experiencing, uh, many things have changed for us, and it occurred to me uh, that... Uh, that many people, the, the disciplines of their life have fallen away. Uh, you know, our, our, we're off of our schedule and we're a little out of step. And, and those who went running every day maybe aren't running anymore. And those who went to the gym, the gym is closed. And, and, uh, and those who were on uh, certain uh, disciplines of diet and personal care uh, have uh, grabbed an extra piece of cheesecake. Amen. And uh, all, of those, uh, all of those things that, that go on in life that uh, speak to the disciplines of life. And it occurs to me that if, if those things have happened in the natural for us, that uh, those things probably have also happened to some degree in the spiritual for us and in our, our spirit life and in soul care and taking care of the uh, inner man. And so I just want to challenge you this morning from the Word of God. And I want you to look at John chapter 8 and verse 31. And I want to uh, lead you to a statement that Jesus made to uh, believing Jews that were following after him. He said, if you abide in my word, um, and some uh, translations say, if you continue in the things that I say, or if you do the things that I say, then you are my disciples indeed. And so Jesus immediately talks to them about the disciplines of their life. If you want to be my disciple, the root uh, of disciple, the word discipline, disciple is one who disciplines himself to the teachings of Jesus and becomes a follower of Jesus. And so I want to challenge you about the disciplines of the faith. There are five disciplines of a believer that no matter what environment we're living in and no matter what's going on around us economically or otherwise, those disciplines as followers of Christ do not change. And so Jesus said, if you abide in my word, if you, if you do the things that I say, then you are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So uh, it is in statements like this that Scripture makes the distinction between that of being a believer in Jesus and that of being a follower or a disciple of Jesus. There is a difference. Uh, many people believe in Jesus. Many people are actually believers uh, by practice. They believe the word of God. They believe what Jesus did for them in terms of redemption. They believe in the power of the cross and the power of the blood. And they've even prayed by faith to receive Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. But uh, as a believer, they have received the forgiveness of sin, but they've not yet become a follower of Jesus. That's an important scriptural, biblical distinction. I want to show you that uh, here as we proceed. So it's statements like this that scripture helps us to make the distinction. It is in the function of being followers of God, not uh, to simply make more believers. It's not our assignment from God to just make more believers. That's important. It's important for you to share your faith. It's important for you to lead people to Jesus and, and uh, to assist them in praying the prayer of faith so that they receive forgiveness of sin. But the Bible, the Great Commission, didn't say, hey, go make believers. The Great Commission said, go make disciples. 
So it is the function of followers of God not to simply make more believers, but it is our function as followers of God to make disciples as the scripture instructs. The biblical imperative to making disciples is that of being a disciple. It is vitally important that we as believers not only are being making disciples, but being disciples. And I just submit to you that you cannot, you cannot um, make a disciple unless you are a disciple. Amen? You can lead me on there, Joey. Priorities of personal discipline. John chapter 1 and verse 12 says this, But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, as many as believed on his name. So there's a clear progression in Scripture here uh, from first becoming a believer, those that believed on him, and then becoming a disciple, even uh, progressing to the point of sonship. This passage says becoming sons of God. So you become a believer, and then you become a follower, a disciple, and that leads you on a journey that, where he empowers you to live as a son of God. So let's talk about some of that. There's, there's five disciplines that I want to bring to you very quickly. First of all, it's devotional life. In your devotional life, you must declare as a believer, it is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Galatians 2 and 20 uh, says, I I'm, I'm no longer living. He's living his life through me. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and 20 says, I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. So as a disciple of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, in our devotional life, we must first discover that we no longer belong to us. You must discover, I no longer belong to me. It's no longer about what I want in my life. I've shared with Church of Living Water so many times when I was growing up. I grew up right here in Fresno, and, and I uh, uh, thought that happiness was Fresno in the rearview mirror. You know that old country song about the place you grew up being in your rearview mirror. And, and I thought that, that I was going to move to the coast and I was going to live by the water and all of these plans that I had. How many understand that when you submit your life to the Lord, it's not your plans that prevail, but it's His plans that prevail? In order for you to have a strong devotional life, you must submit yourself to the Lord and you must say, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. I belong to him. And uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, the apostle says this, that I may know him. Here's, here's the goal of devotional life. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering, that I may be conformed even to his death, if by means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Uh, not that I have already attained, not that I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold... Listen, this is what discipleship produces in our life. This is what our de devotional life will produce. An environment where I may press on so that I can lay hold of that which Christ, for, uh, for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I want to take hold of something in the kingdom. I want to take hold of something in the kingdom that is there for me and the reason that it's there for me, it's the very reason that Jesus took hold of me so that I could take hold of the kingdom. 
And then the other thing that is, is the discipline of a disciple, a follower of Christ, is that of the corporate gathering. We're experiencing uh, some hindrance in this area right now, but we don't want to minimize the importance of, uh, of this experience in our lives, and we want to move as quickly back to this experience as, uh, as we uh, can as soon as we can in every way that we can. I want to challenge you that the corporate gathering is designed to be strength in your life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians when uh, the apostle was talking about uh, receiving the sacrament of communion and, and, uh, and uh, the, the body and the blood of Jesus, he said that there was a challenge that we needed to rise to in discerning the Lord's body. He said there were those who did not discern the Lord's body. He wasn't talking about his natural body. He wasn't talking about just the broken flesh of, of Jesus on the cross. He was talking about discerning the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. He is the head. That's what scripture tells us. And so we must discern the Lord's body. How are you going to discern the Lord's body if you are absolutely absent from it. And so I just want to challenge you that it is part of the discipline of a follower of Jesus to be appropriately joined together in the body of Christ and discern the body. You should so appropriately discern the body that you're able to hear the Lord speak to you when another person in the body of Christ is facing challenge, is sick, is depressed, is going through a season of struggle. You ought to be the kind of individual who hears from the Lord and the Lord whispers, I want you to pray for this individual right now. I want you to call and check on this individual right now. I want you to uh, respond to this individual right now. So we must discern the Lord's body and care for that body just as we care for our own body. Um, and so uh, in discerning the Lord's body, uh, he says uh, that we are, uh, we are the body of Christ and we are members in particular in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27. Don't forget that you are the body of Christ. And then he says in Hebrews chapter 10 and 25, and we're going to be having uh, more of a conversation about this as the, these days that we are in progress. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together. And uh, so this is the priority of discerning the body of Christ. And, and then uh, the uh, priorities of personal discipleship lead us to uh, the challenge that God would call us uh, to even small group or prayer group. And, and you know at Church of Living Water, we've had such a priority uh, placed on us to be part of a connect group. The, the reason for that is that it goes further than just knowing the body of Christ and knowing we're part of the body of Christ, but that God, we would allow God to join us to one another in a meaningful and fruitful way. John chapter 15 says, Love one another as I have loved you. There is an active uh, uh, requirement there that we become active in the lives of one another, that we love one another. I hope those of you that are in connect groups are, are connecting with others and, and calling them and checking on them and following up with them and seeing that they have the things that they are in need of, uh, particularly the emotional support and encouragement that they need in the days that we're living in. And then uh, uh, in Romans uh, chapter 12, the Bible says, remember that you are members one of another. You are connected to one another. You are appropriately joined. That 
passage that says not to forsake the assembling of yourself together that I referred to a few minutes ago is, is a, a deeper passage than just gathering together on a Sunday morning or in a corporate environment of prayer and, and praise and worship, but it is actually allowing the Holy Spirit to join you as a member of the body of Christ to another member of the body of Christ for the purpose of loving one another, for the purpose of strengthening one another. You are members one of another. And then uh, uh, I challenge you to be a part of a prayer group, to be connected to someone, uh, loyal to them in prayer, and learning to pray together with them. Ephesians 6 and 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. And so uh, then uh, the other thing that is a discipline in the um, life of the believer is that of giving. And I just want to uh, remind you again, we're not just talking about financial resources, but when God speaks to you about giving, he's talking to you about giving all of who you are to the purpose of the kingdom of God, a giver of time and talent and treasure. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. That means that as you give and as you invest in the kingdom of God, as you put your time, your talent, your treasure, as you give of your ability, as you give of your resource, as you give of your skill, as you give of your love and your heart toward one another, that God is pouring back into you. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Man, if I was in a season of struggle, I think that one thing that I've learned through through the years, I would challenge you to determine that you're going to give more than you've ever given before, that you're going to give more of yourself, that you're going to give more of your finances, that you're going to give more of your resources and your talents, your abilities, that you're going to just invest yourself in the life of someone else. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 in the second portion, it says, with the same measure that you measure, it will be measured back to you. So I want to challenge you uh, that those five priorities for the believer uh, are priorities of discipleship, that you continue in the disciplines of discipleship, that you continue to give yourself uh, to prayer, that you continue to give yourself to personal devotion, that you continue to give yourself to relationship in the body of Christ, that you continue to give yourself uh, as an investor in the kingdom of God. And then that the final uh, thing that I want to talk to you about, as a follower of Jesus, followers of Jesus do what Jesus did. Followers of Jesus do what Jesus did. It is the design of God that a follower of Christ be an invitation giver. One who invites someone into the kingdom or into relationship with Jesus. I have to challenge you here. The word of God says that the fields are white into harvest. In John chapter 4, the fields are white into harvest and the laborers are few. And then he says, here's, uh, it was really a wonderful and a very um, uh, wise thing that Jesus said uh, when he made this statement in John chapter 4. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into the field. You know what I discovered? When I pray for the Lord to send laborers into the harvest, he begins to deal with me about how to be a laborer in the harvest. When you connect your prayer life to the harvest, God will connect your heart to the harvest. 
So he says, the fields are white into harvest and the laborers are few. There's a great harvest for the kingdom of God, but there are not many to bring it in. Would you pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to, to raise up laborers for the harvest? And then when you, raise, when you pray that the Lord would raise up laborers for the harvest, he will show you how to become a laborer for the harvest in your life and in your sphere of influence. So I just want to challenge you to be an invitation giver, to be someone who invites individuals to the, into the kingdom. And then uh, the, the other passage that uh, I want to remind you of is that uh, the kingdom does not come through observation. Luke chapter 17 says the kingdom doesn't come by observe, uh, observation. We don't just observe and the kingdom of God shows up. The kingdom of God comes through participation, through active connection. So when you pray and you say, Lord, I recognize that the fields are white into harvest. I recognize there are people around me in my sphere of influence every day that don't know you. Show me how to reach them or send someone to them. And I, um, I want you to help me, Lord, to see that the fields are white into harvest and, and see what my part is. And then the Lord is going to begin to be uh, flowing through your life and to allow you to be a person through whom the kingdom of God can flow in creative, not complicated ways. You know, the apostles said when they came, uh, they said, when we come among you, we didn't come with, uh, with uh, wonderful, flowery words of wisdom and, and with some high uh, uh, conversation. We came in simplicity and power. So this is what I pray for you today, that the kingdom of God would flow through you simplistically, not in a complicated way at all, but with power. I want to challenge you that when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. When you speak a word of encouragement, people will be encouraged. When you strengthen someone in the name of Jesus, they will sense the virtue of God, just as Jesus described when that little widow woman touched the him of his garment, he said, virtue went out of me. What? Who touched me? They were puzzled because he was in a crowd. People are pressing in all around you. No, no, no. Someone touched me by faith. When you touch the kingdom of God by faith, the kingdom will flow through you and someone's life will be changed. So speaking of lives being changed, there's some individuals who have stopped by and are listening to this broadcast uh, whether it's now during the live expression or late at some later time, and you've not received Jesus, you've never said, Jesus, come into my life, I want to share some things with you right here at the, at the uh, conclusion of our time together. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, if you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth, and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. The Bible says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on his name today. John 3, 16 and 17 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I so love <clears throat> that he said God didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send him into the world to condemn you, to pick you apart. He didn't send Jesus into the world to look down his nose at you uh, and, and uh, to pick you apart about your failures and your weaknesses and everything that's ever gone wrong and every poor decision you've ever made. God isn't keeping a tick sheet of your disappointments and of your failures. He said Jesus is enough. 
So he said, I didn't send my son into the world to condemn the world, but I sent him into the world that the world through him would be saved. Let's pray together. First of all, for those of you who are receiving Jesus right now, would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I'm a sinner. Your Bible says I'm a sinner. The Word says all have sinned. So I acknowledge my sin. But I confess Jesus with my mouth. And I believe in my heart. And I receive the forgiveness of sin. Forgive me of my sin. Wash it all away. I become a follower of Jesus today. Welcome to the body of Christ. It really is that simple. You prayed that prayer by faith. Would you just message us either on Facebook, there as you watch this stream, or or even more, uh, if you would go to our website at colw.net, and there's a place for you to reach us by email. We would love to seek into your life. We would love to send you some information and encourage you. We would love to strengthen you in your newfound walk with God. He's about to change your life. It's wonderful to walk with Jesus. Now, Church of Living Water, let me pray for you. Blessing as we close this broadcast today. Father, I bless your people. I bless those who are given and invested in the kingdom of God at the level of, of the ministry of this house. I bless them with health. I bless them with strength. I speak to your sickness if you are sick, and I command it to go in the name of Jesus. I speak to those who are struggling in these days, going through difficult circumstances, different for everyone, but I speak to that circumstance, and I call the participation of the Holy Spirit into your circumstance to strengthen you, to lead you, to encourage you, to take you from where you are today to the things that God has planned for you just ahead. It is His plans that prevail. I pray that you have the confidence to live by faith and allow the plans of the Lord to prevail in your life. I break the attack of the enemy. It is the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 